0: Welcome to the Liberty Experts Podcast, where all your liberty questions are answered, discussed, and debated by experts. Now, here are your liberty experts, Tim Moen and David Birnbaum.
1: Hey Tim, how's it going?
0: Hey David, it's going great. Got my morning Joe and my libertarian mug here, and I'm ready to rock.
1: Yeah, I think I was going to try coffee again today, but I didn't want to be so rattled, uh, ramped up. For the podcast so i'll give it a try tomorrow we'll see how it goes
0: damn son i got nicorette going on i took uh took half my dose of daffinil so i'm on all sorts of stimulants right now
1: i wanted to try nicotine as well nicorette so maybe next time i'll 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 do that and see how it goes because i did like the like i'd occasionally smoke a cigarette and i did like the uh change in mental state it was like a nice little little
0: tick cigarettes are too strong for me i mean I i get sick when i smoke them
1: Oh, they're gross as well. Yeah.
0: Yeah, they're gross. But
1: Um, all right. So let's dive in. We wanted to do a sort of recap slash not wrap up, but we're ending season three, starting season four. And we've we've come to a point where we both kind of think it's important to talk a lot about personal responsibility, because really that is the thing that will bring liberty the quickest Uh, or the most at least the most sustainable form of liberty is only when people actually feel like they want responsibility for themselves. But so looking back, I asked that we each kind of pick our top five episodes. I I ended up with six and a half, so I'll try and cut Mm. one on the fly. But basically for us to kind of bring up and talk about why we like them and also for any new listeners um, to kind of, you know, there's a hundred episodes we've done or more. So maybe some of the ones like really worth uh, checking out if they want to see what we're about. Um, So. Why don't you start with one of yours? What, what's one of your top five? And we'll only spend about a few minutes on on each one, I think.
0: Yeah, well, one Almost. of my top fives was uh, the, we did a couple episodes on can you marry a non-liberty lover? Can you marry a non-objectivist? And you were struggling with, um, uh, you know, <laughs> how pure does my girlfriend have to be in terms of uh, right. matching with my conclusions and philosophies or something like that. And And I enjoyed that one because um you know i could i i've kind of gone through the same thing i could see you struggling um i feel like i had something something some i don't know kind of almost fatherly advice to give you and um it's it, you know so that that one was a fun one for me and uh you know i think it's something that all people in who are activists or kind of movement people or or deep thinkers uh struggle with like how yeah how close do they have to, to be to that? And, and what should a relationship be based on and all those kinds of things? So that was a fun one for me.
1: Yeah, I, I actually I had that one on my list as well. So I'll take it off now. So I actually have five. But I really like that one, too. I mean, I I do think I want to revisit it at some point in the future to see how my thinking shifted. Um, right. But it was the the insight that you gave me the most was that you want someone who enables you to achieve your values more. They don't necessarily have to have the exact same values. And mm. like there is still, I think, a line at which like obviously if they are contrary to your values in some major way that you can't yeah. get over it. But and, and you know, the idea is when it comes to raising children, what morality do you raise them with and things like that. But I definitely found that helpful and insightful. And I agree that anyone um new to like libertarianism, to objectivism, they might be struggling with that as well. And I think we covered a lot of ground around the thinking uh, about that, but it's definitely a good one and and one I encourage people to listen to and I'll want to uh, continue that conversation as well. Um, One of the ones I picked on the same note, it's a more recent one about parenting. I really enjoyed talking about parenting because it seems like it's, you know, we talk about, a lot about education and how the state should get out of education and stuff. But parenting is such an important role as well. And it's not just what, you know, the kids are being taught in schools. It's that they're probably only being taught anything in schools and why are parents, you know, we talked about looking at like at my own parents, but it's also about how to parent. And it's like, it's that cycle. Right. And that's really where responsibility can be brought in as well is being actually responsible, taking on parenthood like it's a profession, like it's a full-time job, and really thinking about that and trying to do it well, not just do it and think it's easy because you popped out a kid. And so that was a really uh, interesting discussion that kind of uh, had a lot of cogs turning in my in my head.
0: Yeah, no, I think I, I didn't have that on my list, but I, I think it could have very easily been on my list um, because I, I do think it's a super important subject, uh, one that doesn't get addressed enough. Um, you know, and, and you can make a strong case that the state is an extension of, of your early childhood experiences. You know, how you think about your family is generally how you think about the state. Do, do you have more affinity towards a mummy being in charge? Do you have more affinity towards a daddy being in charge? Or have you had a childhood such that you feel fully actualized and don't need anyone in charge of your life anymore? And, and, you know, if we could raise those types of, of children uh, and there are things you can do as a parent or not do as a parent that, that can affect uh, the outcome, I believe, like if, if you tell me that environment has nothing to do with how your child turns out, I'd, I'd call complete bullshit yeah. on you, right? So if, if there are ways we can parent our children so that they are fully self-owned and actualized beings fully in charge of their destiny, um, I have to believe that has that would have the biggest ramifications in terms of uh, state, size, and power than anything else we could do.
1: Yeah, and I think it also really clarified for me the importance of philosophy and of introspection, because a parent's only going to be able to do that when they really assess themselves and, and really think, because a kid can't recognize the issues, Right. right. And then that kid grows up, and they perpetuate the cycle. So it's really, as an adult, you have to take the responsibility on for your yeah. own mind, and that's the only way you can actually raise the best child possible. But so many right. people and, don't and
0: do that. The, the one, the one thing that comes to mind is when someone says, "Well, I was spanked, and I turned out all right. I don't think it hurt me at all." That tells me that that it did hurt you. If you can't, if you can't even question whether right. it did or not, then that tells me that perhaps your lack of ability to self-reflect might have had something to do with your childhood. Like, it might not have affected you, but to be able to say it with such confidence that my life wouldn't be any better, I wouldn't be any more successful, I wouldn't have, uh, you know, like, be in a better position in life if I hadn't have been hit as a child, uh, you can't say that. You just yeah. can't. Um, and, and so, you know, anyways, yeah, I digress.
1: Yeah, I, so I, I definitely think those two. Uh, you know, it's interesting that they're both relationship focused as well. The the two top that we just brought up. But so, what's your next one on the on the list?
0: All right, I I liked the one we did recently on uh, pandemic heroes, uh, tech billionaires. Okay. Um, and the reason I liked that one was just because it was a bit of a roller coaster. I started out really pessimistic and then I went optimistic and then I went pessimistic and I just went back and forth and I took it in a direction you weren't expecting and you were kind of the way you were reacting was kind of funny. And, uh, I just thought it was kind of a, it was one of the most surprising because I didn't know what I was going to say next. And, but what I said, I thought I made some good points. It was almost like I was channeling some, some other, I don't know. I felt like I was in flow there. And then, and then I argued against myself and, you know, I never did come to any firm conclusions, but I just thought it was an interesting one. And I thought it was kind of a good one. If you want to see what it's like, what these conversations are like, right? Like we're, we're, we're debating and challenging each other, but also we're debating and challenging ourselves at the same time. And we're just struggling to find the truth in conversation. And I thought that was a good example of, of the process that we're using.
1: Yeah, I think that makes sense and it was a good one as well to see the dynamic about how it's not like you and I agree on everything or most things, right? And it was right. really, yeah, I came in assuming you'd like just by default right. agree right. with my point and so I really had to think on the fly about the points you were bringing up. Well, which, and which I interested. and I went in assuming
0: I'd agree with you too, but I found myself disagreeing and I was like what's coming out of my mouth right now? Why am I saying all this stuff? Yeah,
1: and and I think it's an it's it's a kind of more broad issue that's not talked about. So it makes sense that like to work through, it's a bit more difficult. So I definitely think that's a good one for people to check out. And it's a, I think it's a more fun sort of tone. It's like quite one of the quite lighthearted episodes where sometimes we get a bit heavier, let's say. Yeah. Um, So one from quite early on that I liked was, it was just called real talk on society, sex, porn, makeup, and beauty. And so it was kind of just like we recorded it kind of uh, last minute. And it was just us riffing about some issues in society that just don't make sense and don't add up. Um, And it was really like I still think it's a refreshing conversation because it's just rare that you have people honestly talking about this sort of stuff, about female body image, about uh, the way sex is treated in the media and the way. Like women are kind of expected to wear makeup, and what does that do to them if they don't consciously make that decision? But then you also push back on me because I was in, on like a very anti-makeup, uh, you know, mindset as well. Like any woman who wears makeup is bad or something, right? And it's like, hey, I've not, I don't have that same view anymore. But it was like a very interesting conversation, and looping in the recent episode on circumcision as well. I really like talking deeply about things that people just take for granted. Right. And so I, th- I think it's important to kind of assess more of that as well. What happens in society that people just take for granted and what's actually at play here? And so the sex, uh, makeup and beauty standards stuff was was really good and, and also refreshing to hear you talk. Honestly, you have daughters, you know what? And we talked about what would happen yeah. if your daughter was like an like really ugly, like just objectively ugly. And how do you deal with that? And like, these are difficult things, but it's important to actually know and admit that like there are standards and, and like, and it's hard to navigate. So that was just an interesting conversation for me.
0: Right. Right. And, um, <laughs> you know, I, that, that actually brings home. I had forgotten about that one, but man, that's still a struggle uh, for old dad here. Like, uh, you know, my daughter the other day is she entered this contest to be a Maxim cover girl, right? That the, the, the top prize is $25,000. And she's thinking, Holy, that's a lot of money. And I can use that for school and pay off my student loans and all this kind of thing. And, and did you vote for me Dad? on, on the link I put, I'm like, Oh my God, you know, that, that's kind of like a magazine guys used to get boners. Like, I, I don't right. feel real comfortable with this. And she's like, Oh, really? She's like, and, and like, it, it drove home a lot of things. It's like, just a total lack of awareness, you know, that I think women sometimes have about why they dress, you know, in provocative ways and stuff? Oh, yeah. they're doing it for. I'm doing it for me. Well, not really. No, you're doing it because, like, you you don't walk around the house dressed like that. You you right. like if you. How often for, do you
1: stare in the mirror right. and just go like, "Damn, yeah. I'm hot."
0: Yeah, but then it, it was also like me struggling with, okay, is it that bad if she gets twenty five thousand dollars versus, you know? But I, I just had a talk with her about the conflicting feelings I was having about it and you know, now she's pretty ambivalent about it and thinking about withdrawing and like she's struggling with the same thing. But and, you know, so to me, it drives home the point, the importance of having a father, right? Because, you know, moms are just all encouraging, like they're just hundred percent go whatever you want to do sweetie yeah you want to dance on that stripper pole oh I support you hundred percent and and you know I just see my role as being kind of the curmudgeon and the skeptic and the, like let's just stop here and think about this rationally put up those boundaries and like I'm not going to ever tell you you can't do something but I'm going to I'm going to offer you a different uh, why I'm struggling with it and be honest with you and I'm not a hundred percent backing everything every kid is doing and in fact you know I'm I'm pushing back if anything I need to push back more on what they're doing because they get so much encouragement from mom about what they're doing so I want them to you know so that yeah that's a good point and you know it's something I still struggle with right so
1: yeah and I think it's it's good as well because you know something we've talked about focusing on in the future as well is like masculinity and femininity and I think a lot of at least what we can talk to in that regard is around gender roles and expectations and stuff. I think it's it's a little harder for me at least to kind of talk about that, about like race expectations and stuff, but it's really about just calling bullshit on a lot of stuff people take for granted.
0: Right. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. And the other thing is too, you know, my daughter has a, a great business going with um, makeup. She does like, she's a makeup artist, right. And there's a lot of artistry to it. And so this, this magazine, thing would get her business a lot of things that's the other thing she was thinking of and so you know right. then you know again how do you how, you know it'd be nice to revisit that topic because how do you square the it's a complex you know,
1: ecosystem right sexual like,
0: attractiveness market mm-hmm. with making money with you know inter- you know it, it, it's just a difficult conversation that that i think is worth having some more yeah
1: i definitely think so uh, all right what's your next topic okay.
0: My next one was um, uh, incel MGTOW pickup artist right,
1: right. Um,
0: yeah that was that was a long conversation and um, you know I, I think one of the reasons I liked that one was because um, because of the pushback we got from some people that basically proved the point uh, that right. um, that at least I was trying to make in, in the video about, um, some of the psychology behind this, right. And how it's, it's born out of victim mentality and that sort of thing. And, you know, just recently we saw a couple of, um, incel, uh, attacks or something like that in the news. There was one guy who's actually being charged in Canada, uh, for, I think it was a, a shooting he did a couple of years ago, or maybe last year. Uh, they, they've now charged him with terrorism, uh, mm. because of, this incel ideology apparently now i don't know whether there is an incel ideology or not but but my point you know I, I posted an art posted the news story and said look this is this is a predictable result of victim mentality right and uh you know white straight men can have a victim mentality just as easily as any minority can right. and you know it's starting to show and and we're picking up that victim mentality um pretty quickly and, and, uh, it's not going to be, be good for Western civilization.
1: Yeah. So it, that's interesting. I remember enjoying that conversation, but I honestly don't remember having it. Like, I don't remember what my points were. So that would be interesting to revisit as well, because like my approach now would be definitely psychological. Cause I was on a bad path generally. So it's interesting. It would be interesting for me to reflect and see how i would end up there not that i would but like you know it's the whole idea is their people something in their psychology led them a certain way and yeah i remember lots of people on the youtube comments yeah uh basically we were pretty fair and even keel and then they were still like such a victim mentality still like how dare we attack them and that's like it was just so bizarre for me to see um and it also is important to highlight the victim mentality like from let's call it from the far left's perspective the victim mentality is seeping all the way to the most privileged people in the world right Right. and it's like that's just how pervasive the victim mentality is in our culture and it's really uh quite terrible i think
0: yeah and more and more i'm realizing that that what if there's such thing as privilege the privilege is not having victim mentality right um, it, yeah. It's oh, almost. that's
1: an interesting connection. I think that's true, actually.
0: Right. Yeah. You know, we're noticing it uh, right now. I mean, that there's been a couple of kind of racial news stories just within the last couple of days of recording this. One is George Floyd get, getting killed by police officers in Minneapolis. The other one mm-hmm. is uh, Central Park Karen uh, getting mad at an African-American man and calling the cops on him, saying that he's threatening her. And the assumption by a lot of people is that these are racial uh, events, right? Because mm-hmm. there was a black person uh, that was kind of the victim in the event and a white person that was kind of perpetrating things. And, and so to me, what, what determines whether you think that or not is whether you assume by virtue of being a race, you're a victim uh, or not kind of thing and you know i to me it's not entirely clear that that race was a motivating factor in either of the things um but i mean we can talk about i think we ought to talk about those events separately in in their own episode mm. uh, just because they're in the news right now but you know like looking at my my you know we had a good conversation at, you know around the dinner table last night about these events and you know, my daughter was talking about how her some some of her friends are viewing this, and you know, she had one black friend who was um, saying, "If you don't speak out against racism, you are uh, complicit in it." And like mm-hmm. the the automatic assumption there is that race is is like there there's racism is the motivating factor, right? And that comes from being told constantly that that you're a victim, you're a victim, you're a victim anytime. Um, that there's a crime white on black it's it's motivated by race because whites are evil or something like that Mm -hmm. and we're the oppressed classes now i can make a case that's what i said to my daughter i said look you know one if if we have privilege it's this my ancestors like my grandparents fled communist russia okay half their brothers and sisters were wiped out by smallpox uh, the rest of their extended family was put in concentration camps and killed. Died in work camps. Um, they lost everything they had, everything they worked for. They were oppressed. They were victims in every sense of the word. I never heard about anything about how we were victims or how we were oppressed. Mm-hmm. Or you know, they, they didn't even bring up those stories. They just focused on how can you be successful. What what what? Like, think of all the blessings we have here. All that there is to be grateful for in western civilization and you have every opportunity to make that was a story i was told growing up that was my privilege that story okay they could have just as easily told me that we're always going to be victims um you know there's always oppressors in the world it's everyone else's fault that you're being kept down our family was all killed we were owed reparations like we we ought to be like all those things would have handicapped me and and kept me down so um you know i'm I'm grateful I think, for the fact that that I have the privilege, but I don't think it's necessarily privilege because of my race, but privilege because my the family I grew up in uh, kept me focused on on what i I could do to improve my life rather than uh, you know focused on the victimization that our family received throughout history or something like that.
1: yeah, I think that's a good point and it's an I think it would be worth a conversation as well because like Jews, I have a Jewish upbringing and they have like right. more of a balance, right? It's not, right. They, they definitely talk about the victimization quite a bit, but it's right. not like, woe is us necessarily. And this also then links into my next episode that I wanna highlight, which is kind of a big theme for us moving forward as well, is personal responsibility. I like that we took the time, because this feeds right in. It's like, they taught you that you're still responsible for your life. It's not just like, woe is you, your family had a bad history and stuff. And the conversation on personal responsibility was really when we started, at least I think we started to connect deeply how important personal responsibility actually is to the idea of liberty, like not just kind of superficially like, oh, we know you have to be responsible to use your liberty properly, but like how it's really a fundamental piece. And that's why moving forward, we do want to kind of focus on that a bit more. And it's through making... Like the best way to make more libertarians, let's say, is to make people responsible for themselves, want to be responsible for themselves, and then they don't want the state to do all of this stuff for them. And so it was an interesting episode uh, for me, although I don't remember, uh, I I re-listened to it and made a lot of notes of the different things we talked about, but off the top of my head, I don't remember any of the specific details.
0: Right. Yeah, no, that's true. Yeah. And I I think personal responsibility is, um, you know... uh, it it requires a lot more focus you know jordan peterson is right in that you know it's all like all the rhetoric from everyone from conservatives from liberals from libertarians has been my rights my rights my rights right and you know on the left it's like my right to health care and my right Mm. to all these positive rights um and, and you know with conservatives it's it's my right to have free speech on a private uh, platform, and uh, right. you know, with, with libertarians, it's all about my rights to not be taxed and like not have an oppression. But you know, again, there's very little we can do politically about our rights or about limiting the coercion and how other people choose to treat us. Uh, But we can't, we have all sorts of control when it comes to personal responsibility and we can increase the amount of freedom we have by taking on more personal responsibility, by having discipline right now so we can have freedom later, uh, by, you know, by doing all these things that increase the choices available to us and the freedom available to us. Uh, You know, we have a ton of, ton of uh, things we can do there and we didn't hardly ever talk about it. So uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to talking a lot more about that.
1: All right, last one, Tim. What's your what's your final uh recommendation?
0: Um the final Favorite recommendation. Episode. Yeah, one of the ones that stood, stuck out to me was um uh, one where I had a conversation with a listener who wanted to challenge me. He was another objectivist mm-hmm. and I wanted to see if we really disagreed. And um I I said like he kept challenging me on social media and I said, Look, why don't you just come on and let's have a conversation about this? And you can Explain to the world why, why I'm wrong and why I'm an idiot, and right. point out all the ways and you can publicly shame me, um, you know, and just take me to task, right. Um, right? And and it was a very constructive conversation. I think he felt like he was going to have his way with me. Um, by the end of it, I didn't feel like we disagreed on anything. Right. To be honest with you, I felt like he was basically that, that he was portraying objectivism his version of objectivism was was basically anarcho-capitalism, but he just used different words right. for it. And so, you know, I don't, I'm not sure that we disagreed on too much. So I thought that was an interesting conversation, you know, because it does take a little bit of courage, like even mm-hmm. to have those kind of conversations, right? Because there is a good chance I could get humiliated. Like I've been humiliated many times before. I've been wrong many times before. Yeah. But I like that one because I put myself out there. I made myself vulnerable and I said, look, Challenge me on it, and and let's go. And and oh, by the way, um, I've had a, I, I've challenged another person. There, there was um, this uh, trans woman on Twitter who was taking me to task and and basically talking about what a transphobe I am because of mm-hmm. the 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 um, episodes on on transgender episode we did, yeah. uh, and she's she's got bookmarked uh, certain parts of the video where my true colors come out and why I'm nothing but a transphobe conservative Mm -hmm. at heart and um, you know she she doesn't like the fact that I was opposed to Bill C-16 which I felt infringed freedom of speech Mm -hmm. which she says uh, protects trans people from being abused Uh, and mutilated or something like that and so uh, you know I put it out there I said look if if, uh, I'm happy maybe I got it all wrong okay like uh, and I'm willing to Um, be open to hear what you have to say. Do you want to come on the podcast and, and like challenge me on this and take me to task and show me where I'm wrong? I I don't want to be wrong about this and I don't want to be insensitive to people who are struggling. And, you know, I want to know if I can improve, you know, my message here, like all these things. So I'm waiting to see if she's going to take me up on that. I mean, at the very least she stopped um, her kind of harassing me on Twitter and, and, Saying derogatory things about me, right. um, so uh, you know it's a, an effective method of that. But it is again, it's like okay, maybe I am like there, there's some latent transphobia in there that I ha- I don't see. I don't think I am, but like let let's see what she's saying. And at the very least, I want to know how to talk about these subjects more sensitively in a way that doesn't. Um, Block people from hearing the message, right? Right. Um, and, and so, I want to be a more effective communicator. So, at the very least, even if I'm completely right here and I, I don't think she's going to change my mind, maybe there's some points I can pick up about. Okay, when I said this, it blocked you up from hearing everything else I said. So, okay, in the future, I have to be careful about how I phrase this because, look, I, I admit these people have a very difficult life. They they are they're struggling and they're on edge and they get attacked from all over the place. And, um, and you know, it's a minefield to to wade through these issues without triggering mm-hmm. trauma in these people that, that I didn't cause, but is there because of, you know, the way they're being treated in society. So I want to be able to them to be able to hear what I have to say. I need to be aware of those triggers and those minefields that I'm walking into.
1: Yeah, that's interesting. I actually re-listened to that episode on uh, trans issues and mental health recently because I want to work on, and I'm working on an article like basically explicitly talking about my hypothesis, which was I would say the most controversial part of that episode was what I put forward at the start. Um, but if uh, if she's open, I'd be willing to talk to her as well. I, um, um, right. So that's worth extending. And and on the, uh, I've not actually listened to your. Episode with the other objectivists. uh, So maybe I should check it out. Um, But it links very, uh, I'll make a broad connection to my last recommendation as well, because one of the ones that almost made my top was our discussion of government. And we spent an Mm. hour and a half really getting to the root of practically what is the difference in our views. (laughs) And it's pretty small, right? It's a fundamental difference, but it's pretty small. And so it's interesting um, that you've viewed in your conversation with him. Similarly, that you had almost no disagreements, and yeah, what that jumps to the the one that did make my list was our episode on the age of majority, right? Because we were had been talking about oh well, it seems arbitrary to pick sixteen, right? And so, like, what is the proper method to uh, determine the age of majority? And my, I it's it would be interesting to revisit. Uh, I mean, it's not like a deep topic, but my view has definitely changed. Um, the idea of like arbitrary line versus not has changed as I've studied objectivism. And like, the idea is when you have to draw a line, you try and draw draw a line as best as possible based on as much reason as possible. So it's not like you have to be omnipotent and have the perfect line for like, but you have to draw a line. So it was just an interesting thing to reflect on about how my mindset clearly changed. Um, from then to now and it was you know a short episode that's that was interesting to kind of see the thought process of how do you think through an issue like that uh so i enjoyed it
0: right you know the the thinking going back to that uh that episode with the young objectivist there that was going to set me straight you know i think the the thing that was most interesting to me was it kind of confirmed my bias which is that objectivists are somewhat um uh dogmatic or or something like that right in in that you know i think he was he was more surprised that like i think he was really surprised that we didn't really disagree right he was so Mm. convinced that we disagree and i was pretty convinced we didn't uh you know I, i like i think you know at the end of the day he was using words a little bit differently than i was and so we really had to drill down on definitions and by the time we drilled down on definitions i think he was more surprised than he, he surprised himself at how yeah. much we actually agreed, and that was kind of what mm. was uh, I, I really liked about that episode and because I think it 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 shows a, also demonstrates how we can um how we can help people through some of their own blind spots and dogma as well right and um, Lord knows I've had a lot of that in my life and yeah. and you know I still probably do um it's very it's much easier to help someone else through their dogma than it is to help yourself through your own dogmas. Um, but, but I thought that was interesting from that perspective. But okay, David, so we, we've talked about uh, all our episodes. I think um, what, what I'm interested in is what the audience out there thinks we should do and, and getting suggestions from them. Now, I'll just, uh, I haven't told you this, but I've gotten a couple suggestions from audience members. One is to do a podcast discussion on Max Stirner. Um, now I'm going to have to do some reading on Max Sterner. Um, you know, I, I know he's a pretty popular figure in some circles. Uh, so you know, maybe we'll do some reading and get into that that and see what we think of old Max Sterner. Uh, mm-hmm. The other one was someone wanted us to do more episodes on economics and, and central banking, yeah. and um, and talk about that specifically in Canada because you know they get they said we get a lot of this stuff. From U.S. podcasts, and but we don't hear about Canada and its effects. So, I, so those are two suggestions. So, guys, if you have any suggestions you want to hear, um, or you something that David and I spoke about in this episode really speaks to you that we you'd like us to revisit or go in deeper on, uh, please drop a line in the um, in the the YouTube comments. We do read them and you know you could send me an email as well tim.moen at me.com. you can visit my website timmowen.net, and also sign up for uh, my newsletter I, I blog there regularly and all our podcasts my videos and and my writings are up there so there you go
1: great thanks tim
0: thanks david